Hello, and welcome to the Paul Green Comedy Podcast Travel Edition. So if you are watching on YouTube, obviously I do not have my camera turned on because I am currently road tripping right now. It is uh, February 2nd, 2024, and I am currently driving out to San Diego for a private comedy show, which I am excited about and, yeah, a little apprehensive. Um, private comedy shows are a very interesting beast for those of you who have never had the honor. So the thing with private comedy shows is you just, you never know what you're going to get. It's a box of chocolates like Forrest Gump. And that can be a, a good thing or a bad thing. So I'll start with the positive side, which is usually when you're doing a private show, it's more of a niched audience. So you have a little bit or there's usually something homogenous about what's going on with this group. Either, you know, they all work for the same company, they're all part of a certain organization, they're all part of a certain uh, group of people, an organization, a cause. Um, in the case tonight, it's a private birthday party, right? So it's going to be this couple and their group of friends. So all of these people know each other. They're probably in similar socioeconomic statuses, probably in the same types of professions, if not the same profession, sort of the same types of profession. So that can be really good because if you can tap into whatever that niche is, then it it can really pop. Like, it's usually a lot more fun than if, you know, most stand-up audiences, you know, they're a lot more diverse. So, you know, they can be from a wide variety of socioeconomic backgrounds, professions, relationship status, ages, uh, races, you know. So, you know, trying to enter entertain an audience of, you know, multiple diversities can really be challenging to make your it's like your comedy has to be like ubiquitously funny <laughs> across like multiple variants which you know i think ultimately every comic would want that would prefer that i know i do i would love it if every sort of type of comedic bit i did was universally funny to everybody <laughs> i definitely strive for that but you know, it's obviously not always the case. So, so that's the plus side is you, you know that you're going to have more of a homogenized, is that the word, um, audience. The flip side is that exact same reason. <laughs> so you could have a homogenous audience and that particular demographic does not resonate with you at all. So then you're really screwed because obviously you're not going to be able to get anybody in that particular group of people to laugh at you or to be on board with you. Um, and then that can be a very painful, awkward uh, <laughs> experience. So yeah. You, and you just never know. You never know what you're walking into. Um, so tonight's show, again, it's a private birthday party. It's this 
wife who wants to throw a stand-up comedy show for her husband and it's just going to be them and a group of their friends and it's going to be a house party and who knows who knows she seemed really cool on the phone <laughs> and um you know is really excited to have me obviously she wants comedy i talked to her about all of the variables that can be controlled to give the show itself the highest probability of success and there is a lot to be said for just even those dynamics is just making sure that the 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 comedy portion of the evening is set up to have the highest potential of of success possible uh you know regardless of who the comedian is so no matter how good of a comedian you are if the show is not set up properly there's always a uh, you know it well it, it can just make the show more difficult for the comedian no matter who they are or how funny they are or how much they are or are not a fit for that particular demographic so that is the situation that i am uh <laughs> voluntarily entering into uh tonight out here in san diego so those of you following the podcast would know that on New Year's Eve, I had another private comedy show in San Diego, which ended up being one of the worst shows of my entire comedy career. Not exaggerating. It's definitely probably top three to five. <laughs> uh, probably the top three. I'm going to put it in, in, in the top three across all all performances in terms of stand-up performances probably maybe the top yeah definitely the top two or three um which you know it's really saying something because because the truth of the matter is most comedy shows go go well more or less you know it's not like Every comedy show is the greatest show ever, but, you know, you do this long enough, you do enough shows, you know how to show up, deliver some jokes, make people laugh, and you go home, no fuss, no muss. Maybe you're the best, maybe you're not the funniest comedian on the bill, but it's not like you're bombing, <laughs> you know. The audience is laughing, maybe it's, maybe you're not the funniest comic they've ever seen, but they're laughing, you know what you're doing, you know how to make them laugh. It's, it's pretty rare at all to even really have a bad show it's like normally a bad show just means ah maybe i wasn't really hitting tonight but it's actually pretty rare to have like an all-out disaster bombing audience is not having it they don't like you you can't get them to laugh to save your life i mean that's a bad show um and I've had a couple of those in my comedy career. Um, 
they're again usually sort of unique private shows rare circumstances that just did not just did not <laughs> work out it did not um go my way um and it just so happens that the most recent one of those was about a month ago <laughs> in San Diego. Um, I talked all about it in previous podcasts. I even posted a clip of the comedy set, which was the first time that I ever intentionally post a a comedy clip of me absolutely bombing because I thought that would be interesting for the audience to see of, you know, comedy when it doesn't go well. So I'm excited to be back in San Diego with another private gig and hopefully, you know, hopefully have a little bit of redemption. So I am trying to think of another abysmal show that I said that I can uh, share. So the last show I had in San Diego about a month ago, probably the worst. So I'm, again, glad to have some redemption there. Probably the next worst show, um, it was in second place. It wasn't as bad as the San Diego show, but it was pretty close. So I got booked um, to do stand-up comedy, and it was for this high school, I think it was their prom. And this was on the tail end of the pandemic. So they didn't have a dance because evidently, you know, that was against COVID. But they did have a gigantic fancy dinner at, um, you know, some hotel, like in their main ballroom. So they had all of the tables set up and all of that. And so, yeah, I was about to do stand-up, and uh, so here's all these kids dressed in their tuxedos at evening gowns. It's, you know, their senior prom, you know, last year of high school, all of that stuff. And then I show up <laughs> as this evening's, as part of the evening's entertainment, and I, 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 I get up there and I'm just hoping that like my sort of normal stand-up routine would be funny, that it was funny enough. And oh my gosh, it was brutal. I mean, it was swing and a miss left and right. <laughs> they were not buying anything I was selling. And I felt so bad for the kids because I'm going, oh, man, I wouldn't want to be in your guys' situation. You know, you're here all dressed up. This is your senior year. And, you know, you want to flirt with your date and you want to interact with the people at your table. And then all of a sudden, some dude, you know, who's twice your age, over twice your age, who you've never heard of and who can't relate to you at all, you know, you're from totally different generations, is up there throwing jokes at you. And uh, to their credit, they were as respectful as they could be. You know, nobody booed me. Nobody, like, 
they didn't start like talking amongst themselves. So they they <laughs> they were as respectful as they could be. They just didn't find me funny at all. And I totally understand why they didn't. I'm just just not at all, you know, they're a cup of tea. And um, so I did as much time as I could. It was brutal. And uh, finally, I just was like, all right, I need to I need to end this. And. Uh, oof. So that one that one was pretty brutal. So, again, that's what I'm talking about, though. Right. It's these private shows. They're so niche. Right. It's like here is a very homogenous group uh, audience. I mean, more so than any normal audience. It's like everybody in this audience is like 16 to 18 years old. Uh, they're all high schoolers. They all go to this same high school. They all live in this same area. And, you know, they're all at their prom. They're all graduating, right? So there's all of these very specific nuances that make this group of people, this particular audience, far more... Um, I keep saying homogenized, and now I'm doubting if that's actually the word that I mean. Homogenous, doesn't that mean, like, of, like all similar stuff? But then I'm thinking about how milk is homogenized, and I'm going, I don't actually know what that means. <laughs> so, really doubting my vocabulary here. But anyway, yeah, no, again, the kids were very sweet. They were they were very respectful. It just wasn't funny. It just wasn't entertaining to them. And now that is a situation where I think the right comedian could have done a good job. I think I think there are plenty of comedians. I think you know somebody like Younger, if they would have you know found like you know, maybe like a young uh, comic who's maybe like cool touring the college circuit, you know, like a funny guitar comic, you know, who's maybe 23, 24, 25, like much closer to their age. Um, I, I don't think that, I think that show was set up as best as it could be. You know, I talk a lot about how, you know, there's the things out of my control and that there's the things in my control. You know, it was actually set up fairly fairly decently. You know, they, they had a sound system. They had a microphone. All of the kids had just gotten done eating dinner. They weren't eating dinner during my act. And it was like, hey, everybody, we have entertainment for you. And the, the, the kids were focused. Like, they were like, oh, cool, entertainment. I just happened to not be entertaining. I was did not I was the wrong entertainment for you know for them. I just I just had no material that resonated with them. But um I, I think I yeah, I think another comic could have had success and maybe even had really good success. I I think the kids would have enjoyed um the right yeah, the right comedian. So you know, and I just say that because I try to be very honest about if the show isn't going well, again, I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but 
just because a show isn't going well, a lot of times comedians will immediately blame the audience. Oh, you guys don't want to laugh or whatever. And, and I've said this before. I'm like, most of the time, in my opinion, the majority of the time, if the audience isn't laughing, it's because the comic isn't funny, at least to that audience. Now, maybe that comic is funny in other situations. That's surely the case with me. I had done plenty of shows with that material that had gotten plenty of laughs. But in that scenario, I was not funny. Now, there are other scenarios where it's like, no, I am funny. And the show was really set up poorly. And that was definitely the case with, with the San Diego gig that I did a week or a month ago. Um, I don't I don't think any comic could have been successful in that environment. You know, I'll put, I'll put it this way. I think there is a far a far fewer amount of comedians who could have even potentially been funny in that circumstance. The high school gig, I think there are actually quite a bit of, uh quite a few, not quite a few, but a good handful of comics who could have potentially um made made that uh, you know, that prom situation fun for the kids. But anyway, that's sort of my point there is these private gigs are they they're when they hit, they seem to hit harder than maybe, you know, regular shows like in a club. But man, when they don't hit, it it can go downhill so fast. And it's like, you know, tonight I'm literally gonna be in this family's living room with thirty people. And I am the entertainment. And so I have got to be funny and connect with these 30 people. And I'm the only one. I don't have an opening act. I don't have anybody coming to rescue me. It's like, if I don't, if I'm not up there and I'm not, if, if I don't make a laugh, then it's a failed evening. So (laughs) there is quite a bit of pressure. Um, Ironically enough, I just remember this. When I first started doing stand-up comedy in 2014, I actually got booked on a private show that was very similar to this. Again, literally a house party, and it was in somebody's living room, and it was the owners of this local business in Arizona and they were having, like, their holiday Christmas party thing. Um, and they knew me somehow. Maybe they had some, seen me at Jester's or something, but that improv trip that I perform at. But, yeah, but they called me up to do stand-up. I was the only one. And so I I showed up, and <laughs> there's this small company, and it was really small. I mean, there was maybe 10 people there just all sitting in their sort of front room where they actually had a piano. And I just went in there and did whatever stand-up material I had. I was brand new to stand-up, so I didn't have a lot of material. And I did that, and then there was, with that piano, I did my signature bit where I interviewed um, somebody there and then improvised, improvised a song about them. 
So, and, and that was great. That was super fun. So I'm hoping that that will be the vibe tonight. Just a group of fun people. They all know each other. They're having a party. Somebody's, it's, it's the husband's birthday of uh, the husband of the woman who booked me. I have my piano here for to show up and give them, give them a show. So, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. All right, everybody. So, that's going to be all for me, the Paul Green Comedy Podcast Travel Edition. I've never tried to do this while driving, so if you are watching this on YouTube, that's why there's not a video. I just put up a graphic. And uh, I figure, you know, anybody uh, watching this on YouTube is probably not paying that close attention to the video anyway. So thank you all so much for listening. I love you all so much. I hope you are finding joy in your journey, following your dreams, navigating all the fun ups and downs and strange nuances and failures and successes that come along with going for your dream. And I support you I support you in your endeavors. Don't know why I became a Kennedy right there. All right, everybody. This is February 2nd, 2024 episode. Ooh, what is this? Episode, is it 65? I used to know off the top of my head. I think it's episode 65. Don't quote me on that. All right, everybody. I love you. We'll talk to you soon.